let's go now to chat with uh, Tyson Stelser, editor of the Holiday Wine Companion. Good morning, Tyson. Good morning, Simon. How are you? I'm well, mate. Is that is that your title? Is that because well, there are so many things you do. But, uh... <laughs> That's true. I'm not quite sure what my title is these days. There's so many things, you're right. Um, yeah, Chief Editor of the Halliday Wine Companion. It's one of the hats that I'm currently wearing, but yeah. true. It's a, it's a big hat, mate. And, um, so, uh... Yeah, big shoes to fill. Um, tremendous respect for James and everything he's done over so long, continues to do, and it's yeah. great to work alongside him and a growing team of writers for the Companion. And um, so how long has it been now? It's more than six months, isn't it? Well, it's funny because Halliday and his team first approached me at the beginning of last year, so it's been 18 months in conversation, right. but it was only announced 12 months ago. Well, not even that now, September last year. But I've been working very closely with them to forge a way forward for the future of the companion with some yeah. changes to the process to, I guess, bring it online with where the modern wine world is at, a lot bigger than what it was when Jones started more than 30 years ago. Mm. And, um, yeah, but been very, very actively working with the team and tasting more than 9,000 wines between us and Jeez. almost ready to announce all the results. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, and it is, it, clearly, it's the iconic, um, it's the go-to um, reference tool, I guess, for, for anyone who's... who's interested in in wine and not just drinking it but really understanding more and more um it's, it's uh, the guide that first as i guess was true for many of us it was the guide that first put me in touch with the fact that wine is more than just a drink and inspired me when i first started my wine journey a quarter century ago now and mm. one that i think continues to have an important place in australia and for so long, it's been built around James Palace and his experience and his expertise, but with such diversity across Australian wine today, more regions, more producers, more styles, um, more quirky styles too, and, and even some wines that perhaps went to James' taste, which some of our tasters are quite happy to give a go, and um, it gives us an opportunity to expand the scope of what we're doing by having a bigger team today, which is really exciting. Mm. It's, it is interesting because a, a lot... I, I talk to... You know some of the the uh, the elder statesmen of the industry, and they they will talk about mm. James um, and Len Evans uh, yeah. as well visiting. You know back in the day, and you know um, mm. you know he called in, and we were here, and you know Mum was in there cooking lunch, and mm. you know like so that's a big part of it. Does that obviously right mm. now it can't happen, but is that something that you want to keep? Um, focus on is actually the the tasters getting out to see and and meet the people that they're writing about absolutely and it's a timely conversation today with me in lockdown in brisbane and you in lockdown in melbourne and mm. sydney lockdown by having one person tasting every every wine in the country at a time when we can't travel it would be impossible to visit anybody but We've got Erin Larkin in Perth at the moment. She's um, actively visiting the regions in Western Australia regularly. I can't get to Western Australia at all because the borders are closed. Mm. Tony Lovelace in the Adelaide Hills. We've just appointed Dave Brooks, who lives in um, Byron Bay at the moment, to help with some, some more wines there. And we've also appointed Philip Rich in Melbourne to look after some of the local regions. So by having a bigger team, it does not only open up the opportunity for, for travelling in our local areas at the moment, but... It also puts us better in touch because we've um, 
allocated the wines to the tasters on a regional basis. So Erin mm-hmm. looks after everything in Western Australia because she lives in Western Australia. So there's a the point of connection mm-hmm. there because she's physically in the circle of those people. And even if she's not in Margaret River every week, Margaret River winemakers are often catching up with her in Perth. So yeah. there's a good point of lo- local familiarity that goes with that. Yeah, I can see that. And that, yeah, it definitely... Um is something I mean the, the challenge I guess for you is um, uh, you know having having lots of people is is maintaining that sort of um, I don't know the integrity of it all and yeah, and and making exactly. sure that you've chosen the right people to yeah, to sort of sure. continue you know what because you know with wine writers that you you sort of you want to trust that well you want their your palate to be in some way aligned with theirs, you know, because yeah, yeah. Um, that is, you know, then they can be the trusted, um, you know, guide, I guess. Um, and you kind of go, okay, exactly. well, I like that stuff too. Everyone's got different tastes. And I mm-hmm. say to our readers, look, find, find the writers whose taste you agree with and latch onto them because they're all different. So for that reason, I've been um, very keen for the holiday companion process to better acknowledge the writers so they've always mm. we've always had our initials next to the reviews that we write but to give a bit more profile and presence and personality to the writers too so i tell each of our tasting team members look write write in the way that's you and we're not going to edit it back to some sort of common denominator we want mm. your voice to come through this and give it your points and your your point scores might be different to mine and that's fine too and judge it in the context of the region and express it in the way that you see is is fair and right and that means that the companion is not just one person's opinion but the opinions of many people on the tasting panel Mm. but when it comes to the final top wines of the year because i'm not tasting every wine myself i can't sit down and pull them all out so we did for the very first time this year but all the tasters together somehow managed to avoid covid border closures (laughs) and then what everybody on the mornington as it turned out pulled in every wine of every every top example of every variety from every taster and had a massive taste off for three days such that the final results that we put together are, are not just my opinions and not just Tony's or Aaron's or Ned's or James but everyone's everybody had a vote everybody had a decision and there's some amazing results that have come out of that collaborative process and in fact the new awards for the first time this year too so say that again. We've got some new awards yeah. for the first time this year. Yeah. So when we when we came to judging the wine of the year, the process was that we lined up all of our varietal winners, so the top Sauvignon of the year, the top Chardonnay, the top Pinot Noir, all nineteen wines on the table. And James looked at this lineup and he said to the group, "Why don't we Why don't we break this down a bit to make it a bit easier to judge and first select our top sparkling wine, our top white wine, and our top red wine." and just judge off those three for the wine of the year. And then I looked at the group and I said, you know, this would be an amazing opportunity for us to actually announce each of those three winners and have our first ever sparkling wine of the year, white wine of the year and red wine of the year in the companions. So that was immediately agreed upon on the judging floor. Um, So we've got some new categories there. And the other new one this year is our viticulturist of the year. We've always had winemaker of the year standing alongside the winery of the year and we've never had a bit of cultures of the year but everybody knows that the best wines are grown in the in the ground in the best vineyard so it makes sense for us to acknowledge that vital and crucial part of our industry 
So we've got a new Viticulturist of the Year award to announce this week as well. That's, yeah, and it, that is just awesome. I, I, I know we've, we've talked about it a lot here and um, it mm. is, it's such a, a collaboration between the two. Like a, a winemaker can't make great wine unless the you know the vineyard is delivering on that and yeah. and there are yeah. so many decisions throughout the season that impact that final um you know result once it gets to ferment you know and and it's it is it's an absolutely an integral part yeah. So, yeah. um so the awards uh they're on thursday so how can people tune in because obviously it'll be online so What's, yes. the, what's the best way that we can kind of make an appointment for this on Thursday? So we did have a, a grand celebration planned, as we do every year, to bring all the winners in from around the country and all the tasters and have public tickets available for everybody. We've even assembled every one of the winning wines to taste on the night. Mm. But um, alas, that's not to be. COVID had other ways. But um, we've gone to a lot of trouble to have contingencies in place. And as last year, when we also weren't able to have a, a live event, we broadcast the whole presentation um, as a as a kind of virtual awards announcement, and yeah, the thing that excites me most about that is that we've actually sent a, a film crew into the wineries of every one of the winners, and so it's not just standing up and announcing a list of winners, but our viewers actually get to experience a little bit of those beautiful stories and mm. the compelling people and wonderful places that are worthy of celebrating this year. So that all goes live on Thursday night at 8pm. And to tune in, if you just Google search Holiday Awards 2022, the link will come up so you can tune into that broadcast. And at a time when most of the country's in lockdown and the wine industry's had a really tough couple of years, not only with COVID, but of course with bushfires and droughts and the Chinese tariffs have really decimated our biggest export market. Mm. It's really important for me that we take these opportunities to celebrate the good things that are happening and tasting so many wines with the team this year, I'm left with the resounding impression that in spite of all the challenges that our industry is going through, the wines that are being made are the best wines we've ever seen and it's wonderful to have a vehicle to be able to discover those mm. and more importantly to share them with everybody and to announce them. So we're going to be making as much fine dance as we can on Thursday night from um, lockdown or wherever we are. Erin's going to have a little party in Perth with the, the Margaret River and other Western Australian winemakers. Tony loves having a gathering in the Adelaide Hills because they're all open to these things at the moment, of course. And, and those of us elsewhere will be sharing the word as best we can from um, within our lockdowns. So um, what would you suggest we um, put in the fridge or... Uh, or undo the Stilvan on uh, to sit down and watch these? It's a good question. There are so many categories that have been strong this year and for me, the strongest white wine category is always Chardonnay. I love drinking Chardonnay whether it's sparkling or still and we've certainly seen that in the results again this year with, with a special surprise in that regard to, to, to be revealed on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. When it comes to sparkling wines, I always love the sparkling wines of Tasmania, but we've also got a surprise to announce on Thursday night around the sparkling winner. So there's a teaser for you. Um, the great wines of Tasmania and the great wines of, of cool regions of mainland Australia are really excelling at the moment. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to reds, there's a special place for me in 
Victoria, and this year we've seen particularly strong results from two regions. The Yarra Valley would be no surprise to anybody, mm-hmm. being one of the stalwarts of great Victorian Reds. Um, the other one that's really excelled this year is Macedon, and that's a very small region with um, a few key players that are really excelling well, at a very high level. Well, we, so we literally say, just spoke to Matt Harrop from Curly Flat. Did you? Yeah. Great stuff. I love Matt. His wines are some of my favourites from up there too. Um, And a good man. I was scheduled to go and visit him recently actually, but um, the other borders have been that hasn't happened yet, but hopefully soon. Mm. Um, So, uh, okay. So, we'll, uh, so, Chardonnay, sparkling or still, so we can, we can have a Blanc de Blanc (laughs) and then, uh, and then we can find a, what, a Macedon Chardonnay, let's say, uh, or a, a Yarra one? Or a Macedon Pinot. I love the Macedon Pinot so much. Yeah. It's a, one, of the, one of the best places for Pinot in Australia right now, I reckon. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, okay, so 8 o'clock, Google it, 2022 Holiday Awards, um, and you'll find Correct. the, the yep. link. That's awesome. Now, Taste Champagne, uh, mm. which is your event, uh, I think tomorrow was going to be Brisbane, Sydney was last week and <laughs> all looking likely to be pushed into spring. In an ideal world, we would have been halfway through our Australian tour at the moment mm-hmm. and um, wrapping up um, in Perth and Adelaide, but obviously not to be again this year. We postponed last year and then again from early this year. So at this stage, we're still locking in dates, but it looks like it will be October, November. Let's give a few months until yep. we can emerge from COVID again and Gosh, we all um, we'll all deserve a drink by that time, especially <laughs> all our friends there where you are in Melbourne. Mm. Um, really feeling for everybody in lockdown. But champagnes, I mean, champagne sales have gone ballistic in Australia in the last year and a half, like literally nowhere else in the world. We've, we've actually set a record as, as the one major champagne market that not only didn't decline but actually increased by something like 14%, uh, it's, which is it's incredible. Un- it's unreal, isn't it? Like, and you know what? You've got to have had... An impact on that, you know, with the work you do, and you know, okay. showcasing it um, to mm. more people, and and I think yep. probably you know we're sitting there going, well, we can't go out, so let's eat yeah. and drink better at home. Right. You know, let's exactly. let's treat ourselves. Yep. yep, people are drinking less, but drinking better, and that means that they're drinking champagne rather than just drinking perhaps cheaper sparkling from elsewhere. Mm. That's a good trend and, and a responsible trend, and one that. Um, really rings true to the region that's making phenomenal wines and um, Australia more than any other country well, we actually actually increased as a result of that consumption over the past year so we overtook the UK in terms of consumption per head of population which makes us not only the biggest champagne market in the world outside of continental Europe but um, for our, our relatively small population compared to the other big big market um champagne is a unique place here yeah that's awesome so so people should keep an eye if you've got tickets for taste champagne most likely i suppose you'll announce this week but most likely it's going to be pushed into uh, arguably sparkling season uh, yeah well, that's right um, we'll make it all on Monday and Tuesday on that. Um, we will continue to listen to government guidance, of course, and, and watch mm. those updates on where the lockdown's heading. Yeah. Um, the situation for Taste Champagne, because it's such a large event and because it's stand-up eating and drinking, 
it's not sufficient to be able to proceed simply if lockdown ends because obviously restrictions after lockdown need to be responsible to, which means that events of our scale usually are not able to proceed. Um, so it looks, looks pretty likely that um, we'll need to, to postpone for a bit, but yep. we'll make sure that we can go ahead at a time when it's safe and positive for everybody to come who've got tickets. And Melbourne event is a sellout at the moment, but... As is always the case with postponement, so some people might not be able to make it on a new date, so mm, that might yeah. be worth a release more tickets. So keep an eye on the website, tastechampagne.events, and we'll make sure that everybody knows if there's some more tickets available. Um, so, and just let us know, how do we get the uh, your champagne guide? Because mm. that's probably a, you know, a self-guided uh, tour, I guess, until we can go to the, uh, the actual event in October, November. Absolutely, yeah. I've got my 2020 to 2021 guide still available through my website, which is my name, tysonstelzer.com. But if you just Google the champagne guide, that will come up. And I'm currently in the process of embarking on the task of converting the whole book to an online version for the first time. So it'll be close to 4,000 champagnes that I've tasted over the past decade, which will become a, a fully interactive website and there'll be a subscription facility there for people to stay up to date because I'm tasting more champagnes all the time and don't have a chance to publish a new edition of the guide because I can't get to champagne to update it. So yeah. I figure a good way to um, provide something that's timely for people. Just in this day and age where champagne declines spray is actually a bit challenging. You kind of need to get onto the, the good new releases as they hit the ground and you'll miss out because there's just so much demand. demand and yeah. With transportation up in the air and supply channels disrupted, um, it's important for me to get reviews out to people quickly because in many cases I'm actually ordering my allocations before they even hit the ground knowing that they'll sell out literally overnight. Yeah, wow. Isn't that amazing? Um, it's a good time for uh, for drinking wine, I reckon. <laughs> as you said, it's never the, the, they've never made them as well. Um, all right, Tyson... Good luck. I hope it goes well on Thursday. I'm sure it's it's a very professional outfit, so I'm sure it'll be uh, an entertaining couple of hours, I guess, is it? Uh, how long does it go for? Eight o'clock till... It's a good question. I'm not actually sure. We're still putting all the footage together, but with so many beautiful um, little snippets from each of the wineries, I suspect it will be more than an hour, but um, we'll see where it finally lands mm-hmm. and um, look forward to having the chance to announce all the winners for everybody and celebrate them virtually from wherever we are in the world on Thursday night. Indeed, indeed. Still looking forward, every time we chat, we say looking forward to raising a glass together. Um, <laughs> that will happen one day. <laughs> I know, absolutely. Yeah. I can't oh, wait to cheapest. bring it on. Hopefully um, we can bring Toast Champagne to life again in yep. October or November back in Melbourne. Yep, sounds good. All right, enjoy your avo, mate. Thanks, you too, son. Take, Take care. Cheers, bye. Bye-bye.